Love you, man. Love you. Love you. Good morning. Hey, if you love your president, can you show him your love and appreciation too? President Hagan, love you. Yeah, super excited. Uh, as he said, we've been friends for many, many years. We sharpen each other. We run tough things by each other, uh, get into a little bit of trouble with each other. And uh, love that he's here and, and not in California and has adapted to our cold weather. All right. Uh, hey, I do want to say this too, uh, Vice President Graham, where are you at? Uh, right there. I, yeah, I've hired half of his family works for me. Half of his family, what, two-thirds? I mean, all, are all your grandkids in our church? Okay, all the grandkids. All right, so anyways, if he'd had more kids, I'd have hired them too. So love them all. But I, I have a ton of staff that are here with us today. They've come in to just kind of amen me. And if you're on the staff and on the team, can you stand and then stay standing? If you're on our staff, stay standing. All right, some of our staff right here. All right, if you went to North Central, if you went to North Central, raise your hands real high. All right, see, so... A bunch of the staff is from North Central. All right. And uh, our son Logan is here with us. Uh, I think we have a family picture. Um, my son Logan is with us. He runs our 20 plus ministry and our U of M. Yeah, yes, he does. And our U of M uh, service that is part of our Minneapolis campus. My oldest son, Connor, he's working right now. Somebody's got to work. All right. So we left him at the office. And, uh, and then my wife is at a board meeting in uh, Ohio uh, for a ministry called Emerge. We love them. They do uh, counseling for ministers that are burned out, missionaries, and for their kids. And so she's on their board. She sends her greetings. But love this school. Love everything. We support it. We're at all the events. And uh, I'm in. And I, I, I'm just honored that I have this opportunity to uh, speak today. And I'm going to speak to you today about moving at the speed of unity. Moving at the speed of unity, all right? And I want to say this, that our country is as divided as I've ever seen it for my life. Now, it's been more divided in our history, but it feels as divided as it's ever been. You know, growing up, I, I knew that people had other political beliefs, but they weren't the enemy. They were just uh, uh, Americans. It was more we the people rather than you guys and us. And it's very divided, and I see this. It's creeping into the church. It's creeping in all around us. It can get into our family, and instead of uh, being living in vision and lift and greatness and ideas, we start living on the defensive. We start slow walking, help to each other. We're suspicious of each other. We're second-guessing each other. And it's, it's a terrible thing that I see. Now, it's in the Bible, so you got to realize if it's in the Bible, it's going to happen in today. But think about this. There's a family in Genesis 25, and this is not where the sermon is going. It's just a thought. Um, in Genesis 25, there's a family, Jacob, Esau, their dad, Isaac, their mom, Rebecca. Okay? There's, you talk about a family that's dysfunctional and suspicious and conniving and selling birthrights, and then mom's actually lying to her husband to get the blessing to go to the other son and there's deceit and there's exile. Are you following me? If you know the story of the Bible and then you've got him coming back, you've got Jacob coming back to Esau and there's a, a risky reunion that takes place that God had to be involved in. Otherwise, two sides that hated each other would have never come back together. And in the process of this, Jacob has a name change. He's living with a limp. And so you see this that God can bring things back together, but maybe it takes a limp to bring it back together. 
And I wish that our leaders would walk with a limp right now, to be honest with you. I wish that our leaders would come together and have a limp that shows humility and shows that they understand that we have to come back together. Now, it's not a political speech. I'm not doing that, all right? I want to talk to you about us today, the church. We have big vision. God said that we're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples. It's a big vision. And if we're going to do something like that, we've got to move fast and we've got to have unity. And if we allow what's going on in culture to creep into the church and divide us, I'm Lutheran, I'm Baptist, I'm Assembly of God, I'm Episcopal, I'm whatever, you know what's going to happen? We're going to slow down. But if what we say is, I love Jesus Christ and I love every church that preaches the name of Jesus Christ and I'm cheering for you, go reach more people. We can move faster, we can share resources, we can be in this together, and we can actually move at the speed that God wants us to move. Jesus said this, like a house divided against itself cannot stand in Mark 3, 25. Like, and we see this. I know the first church I was in, the first church I was on staff, we had multiple splits. Multiple splits. I went to the first church and we're growing and all of a sudden we have a special meeting. How many have ever been a part of a special meeting? They're not very special. Special meeting. And then, you know, these guys hate these guys and, and you're fighting and then they all quit the church and there goes them and then they want to, because they're kids still go to youth group or not, and, and this, and, and we were laying people off because we don't have any money. We survived that. We get to another split, and they go off in faction. Matter of fact, I was at a church recently, and they were, this is a true story, they were giving their building to who would ever pay their legal bills. The two people, the two groups in the church, 80 people, hated each other so bad, divided in the church, they were suing each other, Okay? And their bills were a million dollars, a million dollars of legal bills. And so they said, we can't afford to pay it. So we'll let any church that's going to pay the legal bills take us over. It came down to us and one other church that like, were willing to pay the legal bills to get the building. And uh, they voted for the other church, you know, not us. They're like, so you actually want to grow and reach people? You know, they're like, we don't want to vote for you. We want a church that wants to be smaller and let us keep fighting. I'm like, no. We're trying to stop. Okay, anyways, is that not crazy? Okay, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. The judge was officiating this. He goes, I'd have picked you. I like the vision. All right, so. <laughs> Man, you, you fight and you're divided and we can't move forward. And God wants us to reach the whole world. And so I want to go through this quick. There's the speed of together. I've seen this in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. It says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? There's a speed that says, I'm with you, and we can walk together. And that's a good speed. That's better than not walking, uh, you know, and just staying still. How many have ever noticed when you're arguing, you stay still? When you argue with somebody, you're pointing, and you're standing still, and you're accusing, and not a lot of activities being done, and you're not moving forward. And, but I love the speed of at least agreement that we hold our identity, that we can move together, that we can at least walk together. And that's a speed that we should at least have a bare minimum is Amos 3.3 speed, that we would agree to walk together in whatever God has called us to do. But there's a better speed than that. And I pray that you can get there as a leader, as a teammate. If you're on a team, if you lead, if you're in the marketplace, if you have any group that you're trying to hold together, speed of together is good, but the speed of vision is even better. Habakkuk 2.2 says this. It says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on the tablets so that a herald may run with it. The speed of vision allows you to move from walking to running. 
Now, here's the thing. A lot of churches, a lot of organizations, a lot of clubs, a lot of groups never have a compelling vision, and they never can move to the running level. They walk together, but they never get to the running level. I pray that whatever you lead, you have a vision for it. God gives you a compelling vision that you can write it down. What does it mean about writing it down? It means make it shareable. Make it shareable so other people can hear it follow it, understand it. They can identify it. It becomes an alignment tool that brings you back into alignment when you drift away and you want to slow down to walking. Vision gets you back to running. And I've learned this, that as a visionary, uh, that once you cast vision, God will send you people that resonate with the vision. Don't think, well, I don't have enough people. No, cast vision and watch what happens. People get excited about it. They rally around it and they're like, I was made for this. I want to join you. I want to be around vision. So that's a great place to be. And one of the things at our church, we have a vision. We want to grow to 20,000 people. We want to give 10 million to world missions. We want to have 500 missionaries sent out just from our church alone. We want to have 2,500 churches in our network. We want to teach 1,000 churches how to do kingdom builders so they can give a million dollars above their tithe, which would be a billion dollars annually. That's vision. My team can get around that. We have multi-site. We, have, we, we are generous. There's different things within our vision. It's written down. We have our values. You know why? Because we write it down so it's shareable and we can run at a greater speed. People say, well, what's happening at River Valley and you're growing and all these things? And I would say it's because we've had that vision, but we found another gear because vision speed is not fast enough. And I've already shared it. It's the speed of unity. The speed of unity is the speed that God wants us to move at. And I could show you as I've researched this, in Genesis chapter 11, we have the Tower of Babel. It says they were like one. And God is looking down from heaven and he says, nothing's impossible to them. It's like they found the speed of unity. Nothing is impossible to them. Think about that. God loves this. In Psalm 133, he says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. There's a speed that he's looking for for us to access, and it's a speed of unity that's way faster than anything else out there. What happened on Pentecost, the day of Pentecost? It says they were all together in one accord, in unity. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens because they had clicked in to the speed of unity. There's something there that we need to explore, that we need to look at. Jesus prayed for us to have unity in John 15, John 18. I believe the Trinity moves at the speed of unity. That's how the, that God the Father can say, let there be light. Bam! Things happen at the speed of unity, even faster than the speed of light when there's unity. Think about the unity that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. The father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is like, man, the father is, we're sending another one, the comforter, the comforter. And then the Holy Spirit's like, oh, I'm pointing you to Jesus. It, the unity, the love that they have for each other, they're, they're just, and they're deflecting. It's like a level, a supernatural level. And that's how God wants the church to be. And we're fighting over the carpet. We're fighting over, I didn't get enough platform time. I didn't get enough likes. I don't know if I want to go support that Bible study. You see what I'm saying? And God's like, move at the speed of unity. Come together. And you could change the world if you could get there. All right? So how do you know if you're at the speed of unity? How do you know if you're there? First of all, you feel it. You feel it. You just feel it. I mean, you, you walk in. How many know you could walk into a team and you could tell? 
They've got it or they don't. You can just feel it. There's something supernatural that's going on. It's almost as if supernatural molecules are reverberating in the room. And if they're out of sync, man, the, the, the organization is shaking. It's wrong. It's not aligned. But you can feel it. You can feel when you're at the speed of unity. I know I was on staff at another church. And I, I, the true confession, like, we hated each other. And I don't say that lightly. Like, we hated each other. Like, staff meeting would get done and we'd pew, all be gone. I mean, we would just be out of the room. We couldn't, we'd never spend any time. We disliked each other so much. And I thought, how in the world did God even put one ounce of blessing on that church? I mean, that we were on staff together and we couldn't stand each other. And, and ultimately, the church imploded and didn't stay together. But you can feel it when you're in the speed of unity. Here's another thing that you know if you're in the speed of unity. When I see you, I get a lift. You know what I'm saying? How many know like when you go and you're on a team and all of a sudden you walk in and you see so-and-so on the team and you're like, I don't want to throw them the ball. They're never throwing me the ball back like a black hole. I just throw them the ball and they shoot. And And it's down. But when you have unity, you see them, you're like, hey, how are you? What'd you do last night? Where were you? And you want to get, you know what I'm saying? And that unity happens. You, You feel it. And, and, and we all know there's people in our life, you see them and you get a lift, and there's other people you see, you get a stomachache. How many know what I'm talking about? That's not unity when you have this, oh. Okay, here's how you know you have the speed of unity. I don't second guess you, but I give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't second guess you. I give you the benefit. When you're not in unity, you're like, I wonder what his angle is. I wonder what his thought was. I wonder why she was saying that. I wonder where they're coming from. I wonder why they wanted to run that. I wonder why. Okay. When you have the speed of unity, I don't second guess you. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. When you have the speed of unity, we laugh with each other. And we're so united, we can even laugh at each other. No, no, really. When you have unity, you can laugh. You're like, that was really stupid. You're like, yeah, I know that was stupid. All right. Yeah. And you laugh at them, you know. But when you don't have unity, you can't even laugh at things that are funny because you're like, oh, I don't know. But then you sidebar with somebody and then you laugh with the people you're unified with, but you don't laugh together. All right. You cry with each other because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, when one part suffers, the other part suffers. You hurt for them. When you have the speed of unity, you legitimately hurt for the other people that are hurting. All right? Here's another thing. You hear it. When, when you have the speed of unity, you hear it. You feel it, but you also hear it. And in a band, for instance, like whenever a band is unified, they're, they're like this. It, the sound is amazing. The other day, one of our campuses, we were worshiping, and the guitar was just a little out of tune. It was driving me crazy. I was just like, tune the guitar. Stop playing. Stop playing. I could hear the lack of unity. And I was like, can you not hear that? Sound man, cut his mic. You know, like, yeah, bring the unity, you know. But you hear it. Here's what you hear. You hear it in repeated, repeated phrases, okay? You hear it in the language. You start talking the same language. You repeat the same phrases. And these things happen within unity. There's something going on about this, all right? Um, I'll share this. I'll share this. Um, I, I didn't know if I would share it, but I will. Um, I've always wondered this, like when people are praying in, in the spiritual language, praying in tongues, and they're praying like that, and then like people start praying the same thing, like, and, like it sounds the same. And I was like, are they mimicking or are they aligning? 
And I'm convinced now that they are aligning. It's not mimicking. They have individual prayer languages, but the Holy Spirit is giving this, and I think he's actually aligning in the prayer. And so it's not, don't be critical like, oh, it's mimicking. No, no, I think it's aligning if the Holy Spirit's giving the prayer language. So that's a thought. Theologian, pastor, uh, department, you can, theology, you can fix that if it's wrong. All right, all right, okay. Just a thought, all right. That's why I didn't share it. I didn't want to get in trouble. All right. Uh, Here's another thing, when you're in the spirit of unity, you do more together than you could ever do alone. Your results are, show more productivity. Ecclesiastes 4 talks about it, woe to the person that's alone. If he falls down, he doesn't have anybody to give him up. It talks about having a partner, somebody there that's unified with you, threefold court, not easily broken. It's talking about the power of unity. It's right there. In the New Testament, it talks about just the, if any two shall agree. It's talking about unity, things that are coming together. Okay, there's a couple people that are key in protecting the unity. In any band, there's two people that have to protect the unity in a band, all right? Two people. If, you, if these two people are not unified, the whole band stinks, all right? Right? Drummer, who said drummer? Drummer, are you a drummer? You could be. No, she's like, no, he's not a drummer, not a drummer. Okay, drummer, who's the other one? Somebody said it, bass. If the bass and the drum are not together, the whole band stinks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They have to be together in the pocket together. And if they're in the pocket, they hold the whole thing together. All right, listen to you. The coach and the captain have to hold it together. The owner and the general manager have to hold it together. The president and the vice president and the Senate and the House have to hold it together. How many know right now watching our politicians, it's like watching a first grade symphony. And you're like, ah, oh. was that twinkle, twinkle? You know, ah, I don't know what that was. That's what it's like. And at least there's hope that the symphony is going to get better. Our government needs prayer, you know? Oh my goodness. All right, but the key people have to hold it together. And if you're a leader, you got to hold it together. Captain, wear the captain see and live up to it. I think what Urban Meyer said in the book Above the Line, he talked about it. Two captains came to him and said, Coach, man, it's just too hard. It's just, you know, like you're like an ogre and like the team isn't liking it and everything. And he said, you know what? You're not committed to my vision enough. You are out of alignment with me. And when you leave this room, you're not in alignment with me. And if you'd come in alignment with me as coach, we'll win a national championship. And he said, I'm calling you up to the level of aligning with the leader. And they left that room and they aligned with their leader. And you know what? Then they won a national championship. Up until then, they were kind of like, well, we're the union reps and we want to tell you why you're wrong. And he's like, no, you're my captains. I want you to align in the spirit of unity. All right? You got to protect it. All right, how do you protect it? We'll end on time and we'll pray together. All right? Trust me. <clears throat> how do you protect the unity? Number one, you got to speak life. You got to speak life. You, you got to be positive, speaking life. You, and I will tell you this, you speak up, not out. What is the difference? Speaking up means when it's input time, I speak up and let my views be heard. Speaking out is afterwards like, well, I'm going to tell them what I think. I don't like that. That's speaking out. You speak up to authority if you want to protect the spirit of unity. All right? You speak up to the people that can solve the problem. You don't speak out to the peers and try to bring a mutiny. 
all right? You speak up, speak life, speak up. You forgive quickly. Colossians 3.13 in the message talks about quickly forgive, quickly forgive, quickly forgive. If you're going to have unity and you're going to protect it, you're going to have to forgive. We are human and we are imperfect and you have to forgive. You have to forgive one another. Here's another thing. If you're going to protect the unity, you have to honor up, over, and down. It's not honor unless it goes to the least of these. Right. She's on the front row. It was like a symphony. Up, honor, down. Like up, uh, over, down. Honor in every direction. That, this is honor. Every direction. And when you honor, there's people that are good at honoring up. And there's other people that are good at honoring peers, but you got to honor every direction. And when you do, there's a unity there. And you value the least of these. You go into a restaurant and you're happy and you say thank you to the busboy that's clearing the table. And you're just, hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for keeping this place clean. You honor in all directions. Everyone is honored. That protects unity. You follow the prompts. Here's another thing. If you're going to protect unity, I've learned this, you have to follow the prompts. The Holy Spirit will prompt you when you grieve someone. And you need to follow the prompt. I was in a meeting yesterday and I said something a little controversial. And afterwards, a guy came up to me and said, hey, can we air this out? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm glad you came and found me. I was, I was trying to get over to you. I felt a little prompt that we should talk afterwards. I, I, I want to I solve this. So we talked for five minutes. We solved it. We hugged. Hey, I love you. Appreciate you. Good to go. There was a prompt there that needed to be followed by both of us so that we could protect the unity. So you have to follow those prompts. And, and sometimes it requires asking forgiveness. Sometimes it requires clarifying things. And you just follow the prompts. When you protect the spirit of unity, you celebrate one another. Amen. I celebrate you. I celebrate your wins, your victories. I celebrate them and I rejoice with you. We have, uh, we have a, a thing at our staff. We, we call it giving shout outs. And so during staff at lunch, we say, all right, it's time for shout outs. And... You have to stand up and share with somebody else. Like, hey, I just want to shout out Caleb, how great he's doing on the network. Hey, I want to just shout out the worship team in the new CD, Aaron. Team has done a great job. You just have to shout out. I just want to shout out our missionaries. Justin's done a great job. I just want to shout out St. Paul campus. Davey's got things going. You know, and, and you do the shout out. And then it ends, it ends with a trophy. We have this old bowling trophy that was in the storage room. And so we pulled out the old bowling trophy and we said, we're going to give this bowling trophy to an outstanding employee this month. And then at the end of staff meeting, the last thing will be that employee has to recognize another employee and give them the bowling trophy. So it's a bowling trophy. I think it's, is it third place? It's like third place bowling trophy. But it's like eight feet tall, you know. Bowlers have ego issues, I don't know. But, you know like, giant trophy, you know. And so it just passes around and people have that trophy and it's like, People will be brought to tears because we're celebrating them. And as we're celebrating them, we're reinforcing the spirit of unity. All right, put more, put more of yourself in. You got to put your time, your money, your gifting, and your prayer. You got to wear the uniform. Uh, what do I mean by that? If you want to protect the unity, you got to wear the uniform like the Olympics. When they walk in at the Olympics, the basketball team's wearing the uniform, the gymnasts are wearing the uniform, the track team's wearing the uniform. Okay? 
And then the swimming team is wearing the uniform. They don't like you to say, I don't, I'm, I'm my own individual self. I want to, no, I'm part of the Olympic team and I wear the uniform. And when the basketball team is done winning their gold medal or whatever they win, they go over and cheer on the gymnasts. And when the gymnasts are done, they go to the swimming team and they cheer each other on and they wear the uniform. They walk in together wearing the uniform. They walk out wearing the uniform. You support your leadership. I could go into that, a whole teaching on support, agree, disagree. If you're on a team and leadership has made a decision, you support the decision. You may not agree with it, but because you're on a team and you gave input, you now support the decision. You may not totally agree with it, but you were heard and you're part of a team and you will divide the team if you walk out, I don't agree with it. No, that's divisive. If a team shares their opinions together and has made a team decision, you leave and say, I support the team and I'm on the team. All right? You stay in the flow. There was one disciple that didn't believe that Jesus had come back from the dead. Who was it? Thomas. Thomas. Obvious, right? Why? He was not with them. He was out of the flow. They were all in one place and he was in another place. He was out of the flow. And Jesus is like, I'm alive. And the disciples are like, he's alive. And what does Thomas say? I won't believe it. I won't believe it. He's breaking up the unity because he wasn't in the flow. And what does God do? God corrects the flow right away. He's like, here am I, Thomas, my hands, my side. Come on, get in the flow. Get in with the other guys. I need you to be unified with this. I can't have you coming at this sideways. All right? Go ahead, grab the keys. Uh, last thing, commit to the inside time and outside time. What does that mean? That means your casual team building times are just as important. When you have casual team building times, you got to be there. You got to be in the work and you got to be in the fun together. And when you do that, you protect the unity. And if you do this, if you do this, listen to this last thought. If you do all this, I believe you'll function at your God gear level. Your God gear level is using your gifts in such an aligned and unified, right fit way that the speed you move at has a supernatural level to it. Let me say that again. The God gear is using your gifts in such an aligned and unified, right fit way that the speed you move at has a supernatural level to it. I'm praying that you have a supernatural level to it, your life, your school, your teams, your marketplace locations, wherever you're at. And I want you to do this with me. Stand and join the hand with the person next to you right now in a spirit of unity. Stand and join the hand. Grab the hand of the person next to you. God, I pray right now that you would help these men and women to protect the unity, to live in the unity, to pray for the unity, and to see what you could do through them as they live in the speed of unity. God, I pray for this school for a great unity amongst the leadership with President Hangin and the entire team that leads this. May they be unified in Jesus' name. I pray for each department to not see each other as competition, but see each other as life-giving team members that they need to flourish and grow. And when one rejoices, everyone rejoices. When one hurts, all hurt. I pray for each team here. I pray for a greater unity upon the athletic department and every team right now, they will move at the speed of unity Unity, they would defy odds because they'd move together at that speed. I pray for people that run businesses and run organizations in this room or even are just part of a team. God, let them protect the unity and move at the speed of unity. And I pray for our churches. May they move at the speed of unity. May we love one another that are preaching the name of Jesus. And lastly, we close this out. God, help our country. God, help our country. Help them to stop fighting and help them to see it's we the people. 
Not you, the Democrats, and you, the Republicans. It's we, the people. We pray for our president. We pray for our senators, our House of Representative leaders. God, help there to be unity so that it can protect the good that's going on in this country. Lord Jesus, we want to be unified until you come back. And I pray that your prayers would be answered, that we'd be one like you and the Father are one. Help us to live that way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Move with the speed of unity.